reading through uh, a verse 40, and it says, And when they come nigh, even now is the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. Has anybody seen God do some mighty works in their life? Saying, bless. Praise God. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Somebody lift up your voice and magnify him for just a few more moments. Thank you, Jesus. We've, we have chosen, we have decided to bless him at all times. Hallelujah. Would you lift up your hands all across this building? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise by a hand clap in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Amen. What I love about the fact that when you really live for God is that everything we do is an act of worship towards God. Everything we do, we make a decision, a cognitive decision, that we are doing this as unto the Lord. So when you came here tonight to worship God, regardless of whatever is going on externally in your life, you have made a decision to be a worshiper of God. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, the book of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Very thankful for what the Lord did on Sunday. I love when God just steps in and He moves on us. Man, we're going to strive to go deeper this year than we've ever gone. And uh, that means we're going to experience moves of God that, that we've not experienced up until this point. Amen. God's, uh, I want to I take the limits off of God. I want to take all of what I have perceived as being uh, the height or the depth of what God can do. Just remove that limit and say, God, if you want to take us higher, we'll go higher. If you want to take us deeper, we'll go deeper. Amen. God, whatever you want to do, that's what we want. In Jesus' name. Book of Matthew, chapter 6 and verse 19. As you're turning there, I also want to say uh, it is good to have CJ in the house of the Lord with us again. Amen. This church loves you. We're glad you're here. Also joining us in online is uh, Brother Kevin and Sister Tammy. Now, you, don't, you, you haven't met them yet, but we baptized them. Uh, these are friends of Brother Buxton's, and he flew in and taught them a Bible study. We sat here, we baptized them on Friday night, and God's doing a work in their life, had a Bible study with him uh, on Tuesday, and just talking about the things of God, and he said, you know, I'm going to start by, you know, he's one of those guys, you know, he just, I'm going to start slow, but I love him because he's not the guy that's going to stay in that. He's going to keep moving forward, and so uh, he said, I'm going to start watching online, and uh, then make it into the house of the Lord, so we're glad that they're joining us online tonight, and we pray that God would bless them in their journey with Jesus. Amen. Matthew 6 and 19, Jesus is teaching and he says this. He said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust do corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break forth nor steal. For where your treasure is, 
there where you'll, will your heart be also. Amen. Verse 19 again, he says, Don't lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust corrupt and thieves break through and steal. He said, But I want you to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where there is no corruption, where there is no theft. Amen. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I want to continue on in teaching us out of Matthew chapter 6, Holy Habits part 6, spiritual investment. Everybody say that, spiritual investment. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. As your text, uh, your your call to text your mother. Amen. Praise God. I, I promise I get you back, man. It's coming. Amen. Just kidding. Love you, brother Caleb. Amen. So, spiritual investments. What we're going to be talking about here tonight, as we dig deeper deeper into the Word of God, I want to take apart this verse and break it down to its base level. Amen. We're gonna we're gonna do a little theologian work here tonight. We're gonna exegete. Everybody say exegete. Amen. A little better than execute. Hallelujah. So we're going we're gonna to exegete. We're going to break this thing down piece by piece to figure out how it works. Jesus said, I don't want you to lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust do corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. That word lay up simply means to amass to collect, to have reserves where you take and you stockpile. Uh, has anybody ever heard of doomsday preppers? I'm not talking about any, uh, any, I'm talking about what people do, amen. They prepare, they stockpile. I lived near the great, well, not so great state of Idaho uh, where they had compounds. We weren't, we weren't too far down the road from uh, a church that believed in beans, rice, Jesus Christ, and pistols. <laughs> now, we, we believe in guns around here, but uh, not to that degree. They had bunkers. Now, I won't tell you uh, exactly what they believed, but uh, it wasn't too far off. Let's just put it that way. And they were preparing not for the return of Christ, but for the Antichrist. I want to tell you, we aren't looking for the Antichrist to show up. Let me say that again. We're not looking for the Antichrist to show up. Our eyes is towards the hills to where our help comes from. He said when you see all these things that are happening around you, the world going crazy, he said your redemption is drawing nigh. I'm not waiting with beans and bunkers and guns and ammunition waiting for the Antichrist to show up. I'm looking for that blessed hope, the appearance of our Lord and Savior. I'm not looking for the Antichrist to show up. I'm looking for Jesus Christ to show up. But there are people that they do this, uh, whether they are, you know, somebody put it best. They said God wants spiritual fruits, not religious nuts. And uh, I believe in that. Uh, they said California is the land of fruits and nuts. <laughs> Glad I live in Nevada. Amen. But there are people that they get what I call religiously kooky. Amen. I'm glad to be amongst believers, not religious kooky people. 
in the house of the Lord, but they, they take these extremes and they stockpile. They've got, they've got, I don't think it's, it's wrong. We live in an area where, man, goodness sakes, the power can go out. You ought to have something stored up so you can eat in the event that you can't. But isn't it interesting that every time there's a storm that comes by, you go to the grocery store and every aisle is empty. I, I, I started thinking there's a conspiracy that the grocery stores are just preparing for every storm. They're smart because they know somebody's going to come in and buy them out. So they load up with a bunch of junk nobody even is going to ever eat. Uh, they'll never, you know, there's some people that they went out during the last storm. They bought stuff that's still sitting in their cupboard. Some people, they doomsday prep for 20 years ago. There was an ice storm, and they showed up, and, man, they still got that can of beans in there. Uh, but that's how some people live their lives. They stockpile. They lay up. They amass. They make sure that they have reserves for a day that is coming where they might lack. Next word he talks about, don't lay up treasures. This word treasures simply means uh, a valued deposit. Amen. And then he says, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth. He qualifies it. Earth simply meaning this world. Or if we could define it out, the earthly bank account. This worldly system. And then he says, because in this earthly system, this worldly system, Moth and rust and thieves can appear. In other words, he is showing there are earthly examples of destruction, decay, devouring. Amen. He then tells them that these things all have something in common. They steal. They corrupt. They break down. Amen. In other words, he says if you invest in this worldly system... It is investing in a depreciating asset. Amen. Because that is what it is when we invest ourselves into this current world. Jesus is prophesied in the Old Testament in the book of Daniel as being a tiny stone that comes out. And it starts as a tiny stone. And as it gets closer and closer, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And this little tiny pebble eventually becomes a great mountain. But this great and mighty mountain is contrasted by a statue of a man. And it starts as a head of gold. And then it goes into silver as the breastplate. And then it goes into uh, iron and then iron and clay. In other words, every metal is getting less valuable. Every metal is getting weaker. Every, every metal is decaying. And it is that little tiny rock that becomes a mountain that strikes the feet of iron and clay and it makes the entire statue crumble over. What is that showing to us? It is showing to us all the kingdoms of this world that they are slowly degrading and depreciating. That as time progresses, they are going to get worse and worse and worse. But there is a kingdom that is coming that is spearheaded by Jesus Christ uh, that might start as a little pebble. But as Jesus Christ comes into the world, uh, that kingdom is going to get better and better and better. In other words, uh, the kingdoms of man, the kingdoms of this world are getting worse and worse. They are depreciating. But the kingdom of our God is going to appreciate. Uh, it's going to get bigger. It's going to get better. Aren't you thankful that you've been born into a kingdom that the best days are not behind us, but the best days are ahead of us? 
I want to help us here today. We've not seen the best that God can do. We've not seen the greatest miracle that God can do. Our world may have seen their best days. This all might be downhill from here. But when you're in the kingdom of God, it gets better, it gets better, it gets better. It gets sweeter as the days go by. Its value becomes greater than any kingdom on this earth. Somebody give Jesus some praise. So Jesus in, if I could put it into hood English, is simply saying this. Don't amass deposits in this earthly bank account because it will either be destroyed, decayed, devoured, or it will depreciate. Amen. Let me say that again. Don't collect stockpile deposits in this earth Amen? Because it will either be destroyed, it will either decay, it will be devoured, or it will depreciate. Uh, ultimately, Jesus is saying that amassing deposits in this earthly bank account is a bad investment. Hallelujah. I have people, amen, even to this day, they ask me, uh, Pastor, what's a good investment? I always have to tell them, I'm not a banker anymore. Don't ask me. I don't have my licenses. You can't ask me those questions. Amen. I can't tell you what a good investment is anymore. Amen. I, I don't have the licensing for that. But I can tell you what a bad investment is. <laughs> Amen. I can tell you that anytime you join a pyramid scheme, that's a bad investment. I can tell you anytime you buy a hoopty off a lot with somebody's last name, uh, that, that, that they just, they just well, buy here, pay here, it's probably a bad investment. I can let you know uh, that you go down to the, to the, uh, to the uh, payday loan where they charge over 900% interest uh, for you to get your paycheck a couple days early. That's a bad investment. And I can preach to you as a pastor that when you invest in this world and you pour yourself into this world, uh, amen, that is a depreciating asset uh, that is only getting worse, 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 and worse, uh, amen, that it's not a good idea. It's not a good investment. Hallelujah. But I've also come to let you know that when you invest yourself into the kingdom of God, it's the greatest investment that you and I could ever make. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, it's the greatest investment you could ever make because you exchange this life where it is guaranteed. Every man will die. Every woman will die. And you trade in that guarantee of death for hope of eternal life in Jesus Christ. You exchange your sins and you get salvation. I can't think of a better deal on this earth. How about you? You trade your shame, you trade your guilt, and God gives you blessing, and God gives you hope, and God gives you newness of life, and God says you might have been a liar, a cheat, and a thief, but by my grace and by my mercy, you're going to be set free, you're going to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, you're, you're not owned by sin, you're not a slave to sin, that's a great investment. Somebody give God praise. Man, a depreciating asset. We're, we're in a world full of depreciating assets. They're, they're trying to talk about this thing called used car equity. <laughs> it's only in the last year I've ever heard that phrase, used car equity. Last time I checked, the wheels fall off. <laughs> uh, last time I checked, rust does corrupt. Uh, you, ever, you ever put something away in your, in your closet or in your, uh, in your garage or somewhere else? You put like a wool coat away? And you come back a couple years later and realize you have it, 
and there's some holes in there, it's probably because you didn't put any mothballs there. <laughs> the mothballs are there to, 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 to detract them from eating your clothes. Amen. So in other words, you've got to set some safeguards to keep the investment you have. But even if the moths don't get to it, the mold will. Because nothing on earth lasts. Everything fades. Everything falls apart. I want you to know that's one of the laws of thermodynamics. It's entropy and atrophy. That it is in decay. It is falling apart. Uh, there is nothing in this world. I don't care if it's your brand new home. And you say this is an asset. Maybe here on earth. Uh, but eventually you'll die and somebody else will live in that home until it falls apart. Uh, you can say well this car is an asset. The car is eventually going to rust out. And somebody's going to buy it at a used car lot from some guy named Bob or Bill and it's going to be a depreciating asset. No matter what you have on this earth, uh, you can buy yourself the nicest clothes. Uh, eventually, they're going to end up at Goodwill. You can invest, invest, invest uh, into things in this earth, uh, but eventually, they're going to be second and third hand. Uh, they're going to be things that you wanted today that somebody's not even going to want second hand tomorrow. That is our world. And Jesus is saying, don't make a bad investment. Here's a question for us today. Would you invest your money into a bank without locks or a safe? No, you wouldn't. Well, some people, you got money under your mattress, but we'll pray for you. Amen. Just pray no house fires happen. But there, there, there's people that if you really thought about it, you wouldn't invest in a bank without locks, without security. And yet when we invest ourselves and invest our lives into this world, that's exactly what we're doing. I want to help us here today because we have all had what I call the temptation for the temporal or the temptation for the temporary. Adam and Eve had a temptation for in, because of their temporary curiosity. What would happen if I ate this fruit God said not to eat of? Esau had a, a temptation because of temporary hunger looking for temporary satisfaction. Samson was tempted Amen. For a temporary relationship with somebody that was not going the direction that God was trying to take them. And every single person that has invested themselves, invested their time, invested their lives, invested their decisions uh, into a temporary thing, uh, they have always walked away uh, wishing they had never signed up for the temporary. Amen. Let me just say this. It is not wrong to have temporal things or temporary things. Is it wrong for you to own a house? No. You're going to have to live somewhere. Is it wrong for you to drive a car? No. Everybody's got to get around, and I wouldn't want to walk around in the snow. How about you? Amen. It's not wrong to own things. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. The ancient Greek puts it a little better for us. It literally is saying and meaning, do not treasure for yourself the treasures of earth. Amen. Let me help you here today what that means. It is about valuation, which means the estimation of worth. We need, as children of God, to check our value system. Amen. Amen. In, in other words, Jesus is saying, uh, don't value Amen. The treasures of this earth. 
don't put a worth and an estimation of worth uh, upon the things of this earth. Don't overestimate what your car is. Don't overestimate what your house is. Don't overestimate uh, what your what your your uh, your job is. Don't overestimate uh, what you have in this life. Uh, uh, in fact, let me put it this way: Don't overestimate your health. Because no man's promised tomorrow. Don't overestimate and put value and stock and things on this earth uh, because it's something that is depreciating and going down. The issue isn't that the earthly treasures are intrinsically bad because they are of no ultimate value. Amen. They are what I call amoral. So everybody wants, there's some people that just want to make everything right or wrong. There's people, they live in a black and white world. That's not how this world is. Everything's a sin or it's not a sin. That's not how this works. Amen. There's people, that, there's, I know people that preach like that. Everything's a sin or it's not a sin. Amen. Uh, and so they live in this, and they, they want to make everything right, everything wrong. But the truth is there's a lot of things in life that are amoral. In other words, they have no morality until you do something with them. Let me help you here today. Money. Money is amoral. It's not good or evil. The Bible says it is the love of money. That is the root of all evil. What is love of money? That's avarice, which means the withholding of money already obtained. In other words, it is stinginess and greed that is the root of all evil. Uh, talk about hunger in the world. Why are there people that are hungry in the world? Because there's somebody in there that has food in their cabinet that won't give it away. Uh, why, are, why are there so many, uh, so why is there so many wars? Because somebody's got land and they want more land. They get greedy. They want to take it from somebody else. Uh, and so you have wars and you have, it's the very, the love of money, the withholding, the greed, all those things. Uh, they are, in fact, the root of all evil. But money itself is not evil. I like to put it this way. I've said it a million times. Money is a moral indicator. What you do with it is going to let us know a nice little window into who you are. Give me five minutes with somebody's bank account. I'll tell you what they really believe. <laughs> I used to have people coming to the bank all the time, and they say, I'm broke, and, and can you reverse all these fees? And can you, I, I overdrafted, you know, it was just a, a tight month. And I'd scroll down. I'd see Starbucks and Netflix, and, and I'd see all these other things. And I realized, man, it wasn't that you didn't have the money. It's that you were irresponsible with your money, right? Amen. And so it's there are things in life that are not moral or immoral. They're amoral. And so Jesus is not saying that things of earth are bad. That's not what he's saying. He's saying don't invest in those things. Amen. It is, in other words, it would be wrong for a child of God to invest their lives and dedicate their lives to the pursuit of expanding their earthly treasures, their earthly wealth, with the forgetting that there is another life to come. In other words, it is not wrong to have treasures. It is wrong to treasure the treasures. In other words, it is wrong to value these treasures. The idea that earthly treasures are temporary and fading away, uh, amen, is letting us know that there is a 
treasure on earth uh, that things break down, things fall apart. It's a bad investment, and Jesus is trying to flip it on its head and say, but there's another treasure that you can have where it doesn't decay, it doesn't fall apart, it doesn't depreciate. Uh, it's a great investment, uh, and it's not found in this earth. It's not found from the things of this world. It only comes from God. It only comes from the kingdom of God. Somebody give God some praise here tonight. In other words, what Jesus is saying is that we've got to check our value system. Do I value the things of this world more than the things of God? Because then it becomes moral. When I all of a sudden start valuing uh, my, my money more than I value my God, something has gone wrong. Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. Uh, when I value my, my job more than I value the house of God, I've got things upside down. When I, when I value my recreation time more than I value my time with the presence of God, uh, I've got something wrong. When I value entertainment more than I value worship, uh, I've got it twisted and something is wrong I put more of an investment my time my talents and my treasures into things in this world I've made deposits I've stored them up into things in this world amen and eventually everything I stored up on this earth I'm going to lose it has been wisely observed that nobody sees a U-Haul following a hearse because you can't take it with you. You know, listen, I, I get it. I'm human too. I'm human too. But it's my job to remind people of the life to come, not the life that is. You can go on CNN. You can go on Fox. You can go all these other places. You can read the newspaper. They'll remind you of what is. But I've got I've to help people set their eyes a little higher that there is a day that is coming. There is a, there is a heaven to gain. And we have got to remind ourselves uh, that everything we strive for, everything we break our backs for, everything we die for on this earth will fade away. And it is not of ultimate concern. And uh, let me help somebody here today. The job that you are so good at, and God bless you uh, for working hard, you give yourself to it. Uh, if you die tomorrow they'll replace you oh but they love me no 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 they use you there's a big difference uh, amen you have a great job thank God for a great job amen praise God for that uh, but don't give your life to your job give your life to God because your job will fire you your job will lay you off uh, your job will forget about you uh, but God uh, will never leave you God will never forsake you Invest in heaven. Invest in heaven. Uh, amen. Invest your family into heaven. Invest your kids into heaven. Invest your... Put your energy into heaven. Put your heart into heaven. Uh, put your life into heaven. Uh, stop fighting so hard for things of this heart. Let me help you here today. If you don't get the boat, you can still go to heaven. If you go broke, you can still go to heaven. Well, I didn't like that. Oh, that's all right. Well, I want to go broke. Nobody wants to go broke, but you can still go to heaven. You know, the, Jesus said, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. Because you can still go to heaven half blind. <laughs> he said, if your arm offends you, cut it off. Because you can still go into heaven with one arm. You know, you can go into heaven with one leg too. You can hop in. Hallelujah. 
You can hop into heaven. You know, you can go to heaven uh, bankrupt. You can go to heaven broke. I'm not encouraging anybody to go quit their job. But what I am saying uh, is when you put so much stock and investment on your job and other things, uh, but yet the things of God take back row in second place, uh, we've missed it by a million miles. Uh, when all of a sudden God is now secondary and tertiary, and now we just put God on the back burner of our lives, uh, and we say, well, I'll get to God when I get to God, but let me get to all this other stuff. Uh, we have invested in earth uh, and not in heaven, uh, and the investment we made is going down. Uh, the stock market's crashing. Uh, the 401k falls apart, uh, but when you invest yourself uh, into Jesus Christ, uh, it keeps getting better. Uh, it keeps going up. Woo, somebody clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Come on, we need to make spiritual investments. We need to make spiritual investments. Somebody give him praise. We, we, we are not living for earth. If you are living for earth, you know, somebody put it on the back of a bumper sticker, he who dies with the most toys wins. No, you don't. You might have had the most toys, but you lost. You might have had the most toys and you still won. Amen, if, you, if you've invested in Jesus Christ. Again, it's not wrong to have things or do things. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't put all your stock in these things. You know, it's a terrible investment strategy to invest in one thing. <laughs> they tell you to get a portfolio. Hey Amen. It's, it's financial January right now. Hey Amen. Get you a portfolio. Because if one investment goes down, the other one can go up. Don't invest all in this earth. Make sure you take some time and invest it in heaven. Don't invest all your money on earth. Take some time and invest some money into heaven. Don't invest all your talents on earth uh, and for your job. Take some time and invest your talents into the kingdom of God. Uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket because uh, one stock crashes, uh, the other one goes up. Uh, but I've got a guaranteed investment over here with the kingdom of God. It just keeps going up. Uh, it just keeps getting better. You don't find a U-Haul behind a hearse because as much as you'd like to take it all with you, it will be left behind. You know, we fight and work so hard to buy things to impress people that we don't even like. <laughs> we keep up with the Joneses, but the Joneses haven't noticed us because your last name is not Jones. They're not trying to keep up with you. <laughs> you just we, just we just put ourselves out there to, because that's what the world says. It says you are defined by... Uh, how nice your home is. Uh, praise God. I, I've already said, have a nice home. Do all those things. It's great. But you're not defined by that. <laughs> have the nicest car. Praise God. Go get you a nice car. But you're not defined by the car you drive. You are defined, and we are defined by our relationship with or without Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, you'll die, and your kids that haven't called you for six months, they're going to get the house. <laughs> And you, 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 you think, man, uh, this is great. I provided for that. They, they done moved on. You changed those diapers. They moved on. And it, you're just going to leave it to them. And then the grandkids, they're going to squander it. They say uh, one generation that rides in luxury by the third generation, they're going to be on the streets again because they don't know what it took to get to that life of luxury. But I've seen people work their fingers to the bone. Uh, and, and, and God bless the provision. And God bless all those other things. Uh, but they put all their stock on this earth. And they put all their stock into their hard work. And they put all their stock into their businesses they put all their stock into the things and the toys amen and at the end of the day they die and the car gets sold and the house gets sold 
and they leave your stuff to an estate sale. And that antique thing you had to buy that you left in the garage, it gets given away for free because nobody wants it. But you put all of your time into it. What a terrible investment that would be. You know, the pharaohs of Egypt were buried with gold and treasures that they could take to the afterlife. In fact, it was built by Israelite slaves, those big pyramids. And all of these treasures they took so they could take it with them. Do you know, we got the mummies in museums. And we got all the gold been stripped away through thousands of years of pillaging. And some of it made its way to the, to, to the museums as well. They didn't take nothing with them. They invested it all on this earth. They made sure I'm going to hoard on to my investment on earth so I can take it with me. And long after they're dead and gone, they are sitting wrapped up in a museum. I've just come to help you here today. I don't want my life to be like that. I don't want eternity to be defined by what I was invested in here on earth where all I did was things in this world and I tried to hoard and collect. I tried to make sure I collected, collected, collected. And at the end of it all, it's gone in ways. I think we ought to lift up our hands. I'm just about done. In Jesus' name, let's lift up our hands. Come on. I'm almost done in Jesus' name. We need to make spiritual investments. In 2023, let's make it up in our minds. If you made carnal investments, it's time to go back and make spiritual investments. I have made it up in my mind. I give my life to this. I am going to live for heaven. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to live for heaven. That means everything I do, I want it to be an investment into heaven. Did you know, by coming to church tonight, you are making an investment in heaven. You took time out of your schedule. You got dressed. You showed up. You came, and you invested in heaven. You'll leave this building and think, I didn't take anything with me. That's like putting money in the savings account and looking in your wallet and saying, I don't have any money in my wallet because you deposited it. Every time you come to church and you begin to worship God, you are making an investment in heaven. Every time you pray, you hit your knees and you pray, you are making an investment in heaven. Every time you make a decision, I'm going to do what God has said, you are making an investment in heaven. Every time you pick up this book and you begin to read, you are making an investment in heaven. Every time you take one of those cards and invite somebody to church, you are making an investment in heaven. Every time you teach somebody a Bible study, you are making an investment in heaven. Every time you encourage somebody to live for God, you are making an investment in heaven. Every time you show up to a fellowship, you are making an investment in heaven. Every time you involve yourself uh, through your time, your talents, or your treasures in the church, uh, you are making an investment in heaven. Every time you give, you're making an investment in heaven. Every time you involve yourself in the church uh, and say, I'll give my talents to my boss, uh, but I'm going to make sure I give my talents to God as well. You're making an investment. We're investors, church. We're investors. We're making spiritual investments. Well, where is it? I'll tell you where it is. It's not here on earth, but it's waiting on the other side of glory. And I made it up in my mind. I'm not living for the temporary. I'm not living for the temporal. I'm going to live for the eternal. Somebody clap your hands, stand to your feet, and give God a great big shout of praise. Come on, you're investing in heaven tonight. You're investing in heaven tonight. We're going to live for God.
Amen. I've made up my mind I'm going to invest in the right things. I don't want to invest in things that fall apart, collapse, corrupt, get destroyed, get devoured. I want to invest in heaven. Jesus told a parable in Luke chapter 16. You can read it later, verses 1 through 14. And it's interesting. He tells these stories because there's a truth in the story. He speaks of a dishonest manager, uh, a, a dishonest accountant is a better way of putting it, who was about to be called in for his stewardship. He was about to be audited. We got an auditor, ex-auditor in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Sister Johnson. Amen. They, you know what it is. You go to the bank, start auditing, make sure they got everything right. Amen. He's about to be audited. They're about to open up his books and find out where the money went. Praise God. If I could have somebody come to the music. He knows that he's about to be called into account. He's about to be fired. He knows there's nothing I can do. I am going to be fired. And so what does he do? He goes to all of those that are in debt, all of those that owe the, that owe the master money. And he starts going up to those that owe money, and he says, do you owe 100? Write down that you only owe 50, and I'll sign off on it. Now, again, the Bible's not giving a moral, morality clause that this is okay. It's trying to prove a point. And he goes and finds the next one. Do you owe 50? He says, yeah, I owe $50. He said, write down that you only owe 25, and I'll sign off on it. Now, this has confused a lot of people for a long time because we would think that this is immoral. And, in fact, in any business sense, it would be immoral. But there is a deeper truth here. This dishonest manager is praiseworthy for two reasons. In fact, the master himself praised this man. Jesus is teaching us a lesson. And it's probably right before he fired him. He praised him for his shrewdness, his good business sense. And then he probably fired him. He was praiseworthy for two reasons. First, he knew that he would be called into account for his life, and he took it seriously. Secondly, he took advantage of the present position so he could arrange a comfortable future. Now, so many people think I'm about to get fired. There is nothing good in this. But this guy saw it as an opportunity. There's nothing worse they can do than fire me. So I might as well make it a good reason for firing. <laughs> the master in this story is life. And the audit is our impending death. Do you know everybody? I want to help you here today. The spiritual IRS is coming for an, for an audit. Everybody's going to get audited. One day. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. Everybody, I want you to know, the master is life. And the auditor is coming. It's called death. Everybody's going to die. The debtor is the balance sheet of life. What went out? What came in? All that has been paid and all that is still owing. This unjust financial manager recognized that his audit was coming. And he wanted to make sure that he invested in a favorable outcome when this life was over. He, in other words, stopped working for the master, which we call life, and started working for the next boss that would hire him, the debtor's balance sheet. He recognized 
the boss is going to fire me no matter what I do. I better have a good reputation with another boss. Let me help you here tonight. We are all going to die. Make no illusion about it. We are all going to die. Some sooner than later. I hope we all get another thousand years. It would be awesome. Praise God. Some are like, Lord, take me now. You know, it's interesting. The ones that are living right, they're saying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But there's a world out there that's saying, hold up. There's people in the church saying, wait, wait, hold that audit. Do you know we're all going to die? And we will all be at the mercy of those that hold the balance sheet. Let me help you here tonight. The balance sheet will be pulled out when we go to judgment. The Bible says the books will be opened. Every idle word will be judged. The thoughts and the actions of man will be read from a ledger. Here's a question tonight. Are you paid in full or are you past due? Did you make the spiritual investment or did you keep working for the master of life and you still owe? Did we spend our money in a way that affects the balance sheet? Did we spend our time in a way that affects the balance sheet? Where did our talents get used the most? In the kingdom of God or for a boss that will forget about me after I'm dead and gone? For a job that will fire me and replace me like that? Did I make more of an investment in this earth or did I start working for the time to come? Church, everyone in this building, I think we ought to, I think we really ought to take this tonight. God is going to open up the books and he's going to look. Now, here's a beautiful thing for everybody in this house that has made it up in their mind. I'm going to invest in the things of God. He's going to open up the books. Not one tear you ever cried is wasted. He's collected it. Not one prayer that you ever prayed was ever wasted. When you walk on streets of gold, God is going to remember every sacrifice you ever made. But there are people in this building that so many years, so many weeks, so many months, maybe even this last year, all you invested in was yourself. All you invested in was the things of this world. And you came up empty. But God sent me tonight to tell you it's not too late. You have time before the auditor comes for you to start making spiritual investments. I think we ought to lift up our hands and let's pray all across this building. Every time you go to the altar, you're saying, God, I'm investing in heaven. Every time you pray and lift up your hands, you're saying, Lord, I want to invest in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. This ought to encourage somebody that's made their decision. I'm not investing in the things of this world. I'm not investing where it's depreciating and falling apart. I've made it up in my mind. I'm investing into things that are eternal, not things that are temporal. Come on, would you lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, where, where do you invest your time? Where do you invest your money? Where do you invest your talents? Where, where do you really put it? If you really were to do the audit yourself, uh, how much of this life belongs to Jesus and how much of this life belongs to yourself and how much of this life belongs to the kingdom of God and how much of this life belongs to recreation? How much of this life belongs to the altar and how much of this life belongs to entertainment? Uh, how much of this life belongs to pleasing your flesh uh, and how much of this life, amen, belongs
belongs to laying yourself down as a living sacrifice to live for Jesus Christ. Only you and Jesus know the answer. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Would you come down here? Come down with your spiritual checkbook for 2023 and say, Lord, I'm about to write an investment in heaven. God, my time this year is not going to be given to the things of this world. I understand I've got to pay bills. I understand we've got to work. We've got things to do. That's, that's not what I'm saying. You've got to put some time there. But even at your job, you can invest in the kingdom of God uh, by telling somebody about Jesus. Uh, even on the work site, uh, you can invest, uh, amen, by saying, God, amen, everything you bless me with, uh, amen, God, I'm going to use it for your kingdom. Uh, you can use everything I'm doing for the kingdom of God. Come on. In the name of Jesus, I don't want to value an object more than I value Jesus. I don't want to, I don't want to value, amen, a recreation more than I value Jesus. I don't want to value my own comfort more than I value the kingdom. Come on, somebody pray. Come on, let's pray in this house. As they begin to sing, let's pray in this house. Come on, is that your belief? Come on. When the world says you're wasting your time, look at them and say, no, I'm not. I'm investing my time. When the world says you're wasting your talents, look back at them and say, I'm investing my talents. When they say you're wasting your money, say, no, I'm investing my money. When they say you're just wasting your worship, say, no, I'm investing my worship. I'm investing my prayers. Come on, somebody pray in this house. In the name of Jesus. I want to make spiritual investments in the year 2023. God, I want to make sure by the end of this year, God, I've got more on the ledger for the life to come than I do on the life that is. Come on, you can have my life, God. You can have my time. You can have my talents. You can have my treasures. They belong to you, God. I wouldn't That's it. There's, there's things that God is speaking to us about right now. Areas where I've invested on this earth, but I forgot to invest in heaven. 
let God speak to your heart right now. I'm going to repent. I'm going back to investing those things in God. I wouldn't trade you for silver or gold. I wouldn't trade you for riches untold. You are, you are my Come on, that's it. Let's take a few more moments. Lift up your hands all across this building. What are you doing right now? I'll tell you what you're doing. You are making a declaration that I'm gonna I'm gonna live my life for Jesus. I'm gonna make I'm gonna live my family's gonna live their lives for Jesus. We're making spiritual decisions and spiritual investments in the house of God right now.
Come on, somebody lift up your hands and worship the Lord with this. Come on, I wouldn't trade him. All these other things are fading. All these other things are temporary. But Jesus is eternal. Jesus is forever. Somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify the Lord. Come on, if you never get that job, you're still on your way to heaven. If you never get that nice home, you're still on your way to heaven. If you never get the boat, the trailer, you're still on your way to heaven. If, if you never get all the toys and the trinkets of life, you're still on your way to heaven. If you lose friends along the way, you're still on your way to heaven. It's a great investment. Come on, that's it. Everything you sacrifice on earth is an investment in heaven. Come on, that's it. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody's breaking through right now. What you're sacrificing on earth is an investment in heaven. Somebody pray. Hallelujah. Pastor, is there an easier way? Absolutely. There's absolutely an easier way. But mountain climbers don't climb downhill. They climb up mountains. Is there an easier way? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there an easier way to heaven? No. No. There's only one way to heaven. But it's a decision we make day in and day out. Am I living for the things of this earth? I hope I, I, hope I didn't confuse you. I hope I qualified enough that, yes, you got to pay bills. Yes, there are some enjoyments in life. But I don't put my value on those things. In fact, all of those things are to glorify Jesus. If God gives me a car, man, it might be a slick ride. Praise God. Get them rims that's spinning. My rims span. They, they, they were spinning, but it's because they were loose. But <laughs> Hey, praise God. I leaked so much oil on the church parking lot that the U.S. invaded it and drilled for oil. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? I took that hoopty and I brought people to church. And then I got a nice car. Well, nice for me. I don't know if it's nice for you. And I picked people up and brought them to Jesus. See, you can take anything and make it an investment for God. God give you a nice home. You got a nice kitchen. You know how to cook. 
Do what Sister Machado does. Cook for somebody. Make a spiritual investment. You can use anything for Jesus. Praise God. Time, talents, and treasures. And it comes down to saying, all right, well, Pastor, I don't have it. I don't have anything to give. I love the story of one person that that was a that was addicted to drugs, and this pastor was getting up and trying to get people to come to the altar and trying to get people to 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 give towards an offering. And this woman who just walked in, she she came down, she laid herself on the altar. She said, "Preach, I ain't got nothing to give, but I'll give myself." You got something to give. That job that you have, they see you have something to give. You exchange time for money. You got time. What time could you give to Jesus outside of those hours? Some people have money. Some people, well, everybody's got some kind of money. What can you use? Can you, can you encourage somebody with it? Can you take somebody out to coffee? Can you tell them about God? Can you buy somebody a meal? Can you do something nicer? You can do something, and it becomes an investment into heaven. There's people, you are talented. You are talented. You got talents. Some people want to act like they ain't got no talents, but you got talents. You may not have discovered them yet, but I promise you, you can use those for the kingdom of God. You might have to get creative with it, but you can do something for Jesus and make a spiritual investment. I'll never forget living in my parents' place when I was a teenager and living for God. And I remember all the things that I saw the kids at school doing. I saw everybody else doing and. And I couldn't do it because I was trying to live for God. And I'll never forget how much pressure had fallen on me to just capitulate and just go the easier route. And I had a favorite song at the time, and some of you might even know it. It's simply entitled, I'd Rather Have Jesus. Listen to these lyrics. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand. I'd rather have Jesus than the world's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. Yes, I'd rather be true to his holy name. And I had a prayer meeting in that moment. And I made it up in my mind. Everybody else might be doing what they're doing. But I'm going to give my life for Jesus Christ. I'd rather have Jesus. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. You can have this whole world, but just give me Jesus. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, you might have other people doing all sorts of other things, family members, friends, other people in the church. They made other decisions than what God is calling you to make and, and consecrations God's calling you to do. But I want to encourage you tonight, invest in heaven. Uh, amen. Go after God with everything you got. Live for Jesus. Uh, live for Jesus. Uh, come on, go after him. Uh, I just want Jesus. Somebody pray in this house. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you tonight. I thank you for this wonderful church congregation of believers, God. I pray, Lord, that as we go through our lives, everything we do for you is an act of worship. Everything we do for you is an act of worship, God. That is our spiritual investment into heaven. I pray, God, bless your people. Bring us back safely in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. We love you all. God bless you.